Ozark Highlands Radio is brought to you by the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas. A wonderful way to enjoy yesterday. On the web at OzarkFolkCenter.com. And by Stone Bank, a community bank supporting entrepreneurs and farmers nationwide with loans guaranteed by the USDA, SBA, and Farm Services Agency. Learn more at StoneBank.com. And the Arkansas Arts Council, empowering the arts for the benefit of all Arkansans. On the web at ArkansasArts.org. <laughs> Greetings, folks. This is Dave Smith, host of Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome to our show. This week, we'll hear from a pair of fascinating Internet-born musical celebrities, Hilary Klug and Abby the Spoon Lady, recorded live at the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas. Down in the vault, Mark Jones has found an archival recording of harmonica virtuoso Lonnie Glosson making his harmonica literally talk. And author, folklorist, and songwriter Charlie Sandage speaks with Ozark Folk Center broommaker Sean Hafer about the history and process of broom making. That's this week on Ozark Highlands Radio. The internet and its many social media outlets have created a space where regular folks can showcase their talents to the entire world. This vast, endless digital showcase is mentoring a renaissance in folk music, culture, and expression. Occasionally, these online expressions take on a life of their own and go viral. It's happened over and over again, turning regular people living relatively quiet lives into international superstars quite literally overnight. In this episode of Ozark Highlands Radio, we feature two of these celebrious viral VIPs. Hilary Klug is a buck dancer, award-winning fiddle player, and street performer from Nashville, Tennessee. She began as a dance and fiddle teacher, but became a street performer after realizing that she could make a good living fiddling and dancing for tourists in Nashville's art district. Quite by accident, Hillary became an internet sensation when in 2018 she posted a video to Facebook of herself performing that went viral. Now, with over 1 million Facebook followers and over 100,000 YouTube subscribers, Hillary is an international celebrity. Thank you. 
I want to ask you, I've read this on your uh, bio, and I know the answer, but uh, for folks who don't, uh, the sort of chicken and egg question, which came first for you? Was it dancing or fiddling? Uh, good question. I was a dancer before I was a fiddle player. When I was a kid, I was on a clogging team, and I learned how to clog. Uh, you know, doing this, the, the kicks and the, doing the uh, choreographed dances with the other folks. And we danced in uh, nursing, home pri nursing homes primarily just to, you know, entertain the elderly. And, but we also uh, competed a little bit and we wore some costumes. Uh, but yeah, when I started playing fiddle, I quit clogging. And later I developed a, I figured out how to buck dance, watching other buck dancers. I never, you know, that's not something that you learn formally. It's something that you kind of pick up watching other people. And so the knowledge that I had from clogging, I kind of uh, used that along with watching other people and kind of developed my own buck dancing style.
So when did the when did the two meet? The fiddling and the dancing. All right. And well, how then. and how did that happen? <laughs> the first time that happened was uh, when I was a kid. I was uh, it was in high school or college or something, and I was teaching a dance class, and I needed slower music to be able. I had to slow down the music to be able to show these steps, and we have to practice these steps very slowly with very slow music. And I can't find any slow music to dance to to be able to show these steps to the class slowly. So I've had to play the music myself but I had to play the music while demonstrating the steps. So, and it started off slow. And so that's how I learned very slowly uh, during dance class for my students. That is the classic case of necessity is the mother of invention, right? <laughs> it is.
Um, I had uh, kind of figured out how to dance and play at the same time, but I didn't really develop it until I was downtown one day for downtown Nashville for a fiddle contest. And I had to pay $18 for parking, and I didn't have $18 for parking, but I had a fiddle. And I had my uh, I had my cowboy boots, and so you know I had I knew busking was a thing, I knew street performing was a thing, and I knew that people would do that over on Broadway because it's a very touristy area. But right. a lot of tourists, you know, come to hear the music, and I decided to go play music on the street. What happened was I started playing fiddle, and nobody wanted to hear it. Nobody cared. People just walking by. I wasn't making any money, but I started tapping my feet. And doing a little dance, and everybody stopped and watched, and they took videos, and they took pictures, and I made a lot of money really quick. And I got started doing that regularly, and it has since become my primary source of income. I am a professional street performer. How long ago was that? Uh, two years ago. You've been listening to Nashville, Tennessee fiddler and buck dancer Hillary Klug. Hillary started that set with a medley of Irish polkas, John Ryan's, Dennis Murphy's, and Bill Sullivan's. Next came an original tune of Hillary's, Le Petit Chagri, which means the little gray cat, followed by Bonaparte's March and Bonaparte's Retreat, 
and the old fiddle tune Sally Gooden, featuring Jim Wood on fiddle while Hillary dances. Let's take a short break. Then when we come back, we'll head down to the vault for my weekly visit with the astoundingly popular Mr. Mark Jones. You're listening to Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome back to Ozark Highlands Radio. It's about that time of the week for me to head down and visit with Mark Jones, who keeps track of all of our music down in the vault. Let's see what he's got for us this week. Hello there, Dave. Hi, Mark. How, How are, are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Uh, you snuck in on me there. Yeah. You know, I've been upstairs playing my harmonica. Harmonica? That's right. I, I blow the harp a little bit every now and again. You do? Yeah, and I was wondering, uh, what kind of harmonica music have you got in your recordings down here? Well, I can remember a while back that uh, Lonnie Glosson came over here. And he was just about the world's best at the time when he came, and uh, he was here on the stage, and they recorded. Let me see if I can find... Let me you practice a little. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it here. Well, you know, it's nice to know that uh, that Lonnie was here. He was he was like a really famous harmonica player. Played all over the country, toured around. I know he played on the WLS Barn Dance back in the day, back in like the 1920s and 30s, and had yeah. a long, long career. I don't believe he passed away until 2001. Dave, yeah, here it is. This is uh, this is one of his famous tunes that he played for many years. See if you can figure out what he's saying here. Thank you. This here is where I get the harp to talk. I've got to work and say I want my mama. I want a drink of water. And uh-huh. So if you listen real closely, you'll hear the harmonica call for its mama and call for a drink of water. It goes like this. What do you want, son? Who do you want, boy? You want who? You want your mama? What do you want with your mama? Go 
Who'd you say you wanted? Mama. You want your mama? Well, let's hear you say, I want my mama. La, 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 la. And what do you want with your mama? La, 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 la. You want a drink of water? Uh-huh. Well, let's hear you call your mama. La, la. <laughs> Come on now, call her louder than that. La, la. <laughs> Come on now, real loud. Oh, yeah, that's the old talking harmonica, huh? Sure is. Yeah, I, I don't think I can do that with my harmonica. You my can. harmonica mostly just groans a lot. <laughs> well, and you practice up on that and come down and play me a time. Uh, I'll try to do that. Hey, thanks a lot, Mark. Thank you. I'll Dave. see you next week. Let's listen now to a couple more tunes from Internet sensation Hillary Klug. For her performance recorded here at the Ozark Folk Center State Park, Hillary is accompanied by her teacher and mentor, five-time Tennessee fiddle champion and multi-instrumentalist Jim Wood. Also accompanying Hillary is multi-instrumentalist Ben Ayers. Uh, we realized as we were talking from that Canadian Celtic kind of thing, I don't think there's anybody doing what she does in the United States. I don't think so either. I, I think it's pretty unique. You have to go check out my Facebook. I have a viral vid- a video that just went viral. 7.4 million people saw wow. this. And it's me dancing and playing my original fiddle tune.
It's so a really cool video. I, I don't know if it was by accident. I wasn't there when she did yeah, it. Yeah, I accidentally got this cool video that accidentally yeah. went yeah, viral. So there's the, the <laughs> lighting. The lighting is such you, you can only see her silhouette. You can't make out any details of her body whatsoever. Yeah. So you just see a silhouette dancing with Cumberland River behind her. It's one of those serendipitous things where... It, and then to top it off, the cat walks across Oh, yeah, across my cat. No, end. two cats. So my cat, one cat, the black one is at the beginning, and then my white one is at the end. And my, you know, my black cat doesn't mind my fiddle music, but it's amazing. My white cat hates the fiddle. I get the fiddle out, and he just, he goes running. Nashville, Tennessee dancer and musician Hillary Klube with a couple of our favorite fiddle tunes, Soldier's Joy and The Arkansas Traveler. Another internet sensation that we want to feature this week is Abby Roach, better known as Abby the Spoon Lady. Abby is an American musician, radio personality, and free speech activist. Her music focuses on the American roots genre. In 2017, she posted a hastily made YouTube video for her friends for an event called Play Music on the Front Porch Day. The video went viral with over 44 million views, and Abby became an international celebrity overnight. She now has almost a half million followers on Facebook and almost 400,000 subscribers to her YouTube channel. Abby can make those spoons walk and talk. Here she is accompanying musician Chris Rodriguez on a couple of Chris's original songs. She never made much more Than enough to keep afloat She kept our heads above the water With a hole in our boat I got me a job The only job that I could find Had a cabin rental business Way out in the pines Five dollars an hour All the money that I earned and the rich get rich by stepping on the pores. What I learned, well, maybe I'm dirt. 
It hurts to get stepped on Spit in the face Drug to the ground As much as it hurts I've always kept on As strong as a rock When I'm getting kicked around and I had had a handful of videos before then um, that had, you know, reached a million views or a couple million views on and off. We did that. We did that particular Angels in Heaven video. We did that for Play Music on the Porch Day in 2017. And we were on our way to a show at the White Horse in Black Mountain, North Carolina. We were trying to get a video done real quick because we had promised play, the Play Music on the Porch day folks that we would get a video up and so we're like okay let's get a video up and we set up the camera and we did that video you know it was you know just single take we didn't no special mics it was the camera mic you I know in a bad mood i remember that and, and it's always the video that you least expect that goes viral and we were we were we went to the storytelling show in black mountain after posting it and then my phone started vibrating so much that it went dead like really fast because of all the the messages and miscellaneous that we were suddenly getting and then my website crashed 
and the ending, it just was crazy.
That was Abby the Spoon Lady playing her spoons to a couple of Chris Rodriguez songs, Mr. Man and Mean Old Mrs. Jones. It's time for another short break. After that, our folklorist friend Charlie Sandage will explore the interesting craft of broom making. This is Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome back to Ozark Highlands Radio. Our friend Charlie Sandage has always been interested in the way Ozark pioneers built their own tools. Here's what he found this week. When I dropped in on Sean Hafer in his room shop on the craft grounds of the Ozark Folk Center, he was wielding a knife that looked like a small, very sharp machete. It was in the early stages of making a hen's wing broom, basically a whisk broom for small spaces or small spills, and shaped roughly like the spread-out wing of a hen, something which he told me had once actually been used for the same purpose. After years of greeting visitors in the shop, Sean could anticipate my questions before I even asked, starting with, what are those straw-like stems you're cutting? What we're using to make the brooms is called broom corn, and it has nothing to do with corn. It's actually a variety of sorghum but a very specific variety of sorghum that was developed back in 1765, based in part on the writings of a fellow named Benjamin Franklin. He wrote letters back in 1757 describing the use of sorghum for making brooms. And it grew, after its development in upstate New York, it grew all over the United States, including in the Ozarks, but it was never a big commercial crop in the Ozarks. Instead, uh, uh, folks from the Ozarks would travel either to southern Illinois or western Oklahoma to uh, participate in the harvest of the broom corn. Those that traveled, the men were called broom corn johnnies, and the, uh, the ladies that traveled along with them were called broom corn jennies. And there's a whole lot of history there. One can only imagine that history. But Sean, quickly manipulating small bundles into a unified spread, got on with business. But the broom corn, long seed tassel with the seed scraped off, is bound up with wire and twine, and it's the finest material you're ever going to use for making a broom. But it wasn't the first material used for making brooms in this region, nor the only material used for making brooms in this region. When broom corn wasn't available, they would use birch twigs up north and they would use in the Ozarks, they would use dogwood branches because they stayed flexible once they were dried out and cured. Then came a small aside, reminding me that the skills and do-it-for-yourself mindset that built what we regard as a traditional Ozark culture 
didn't only apply during the 19th century. Folks living around here in the subsistence economy of the first third of the 20th century also had to make do. During the Depression, one of the more popular materials for making brooms was called broom sedge. And that's just a roadside weed. It grows really tall and makes a fine broom, but the broom only lasts about a week, week and a half before it falls apart. So you had to gather a lot of different bundles of the broom sedge to make it through the winter. But that's okay, because they put those bundles up in the attic to store them, and it acted like insulation over the winter months. Along one of the walls of the shop is a gallery of sorts, brooms of all shapes and colors, with the broom straw plaited and secured by twine or wire to handles of different lengths. Oh, the handles, another category of raw materials. And when you're making a kitchen or a house broom, one of the larger handled brooms, you, you start with a, a nice piece of wood. And all the woods that we use are also local Ozark hardwoods. We use sassafras and oak and uh, sycamore and hickory. No pine, it rots out too quick. No cedar, it splits out too easy. And although I say I use all the hardwoods, I, I don't like get close enough to a honey locust tree to have to harvest any of that with all the thorns and spikes that grow on that. So sassafras and, and elm and hickory are probably the three more popular ones. The lovely reddish bark on those three is, is just gorgeous. Much of the artistry of broom making comes with the process of binding the stalks of broom corn and the handle together. That sounds like an obvious and even mundane task, but bear in mind, there's no molded plastic or even thin sheet metal involved here. And we'll use 17 gauge galvanized wire that's attached to the handle, and then we will sandwich the broom corn between that wire and the handle under just whole lots of tension, up to 200 pounds of pressure, enough that we, if we aren't careful, we'll snap that 17 gauge galvanized wire. This particular broom that you hear me making right now is being made out of, solely out of twine, but to give you an idea of the tension, that's just strumming the twine as it's attached to my tying table. Once the broom is bound fully with the wire or the twine, we bind it once again with a woven pattern over the top. This one's done solely with twine and either full pieces of broom corn stock, full pieces of broom corn to be honest, or little split down slivers of broom corn stock. And that's a process that we call plaiting. That's spelled P-L-A-I-T-I-N-G, but pronounced plaiting. It's a bit like basket weaving, a bit like braiding, not entirely like either. But altogether artful. You find yourself surveying that wall again, inspecting and touching, noticing that the binding on this one has a certain pattern, shape, and color where the straw is bound to the handle, and that one is something else again. Then, Sean calls another of your senses into play. First thing people notice when they walk into the shop, or at least most folks do, is, is, is the scent. Uh, broom corn has kind of a a natural kind of a grassy smell and reminds most folks of newly mown hay so it's got that kind of midsummer early autumn feel to it before you leave the shop sean will call attention to a detail you might have missed and he'll remind you that his work 
while it is secondarily meant to be decorative, really is meant to be used for domestic work and needs to be treated like the practical implement it is. I've just attached the hanging strap to this broom, little leather strip that rides at the top of the broom. Sometimes it might be a piece of twine that rides at the top of the broom, and it's used to hang the broom on the wall. And, and hanging the broom up is very, very important. Matter of fact, there's three rules for properly taking care of a broom. And rule one is hanging it up when you're not using it. If you let it set on the sweep, it will distort, bend, and stay bent. And then your broom will only sweep one direction, if at all. And that's a rude way to ruin a broom. Rule number two for taking care of a broom is if you get it wet, dry it out afterwards. I don't mean blow dry it or, you know, anything silly like that, but make sure that it gets enough air circulating around it that it dries out. Broom corn is a natural fiber, and if it gets wet and stays wet, it will mold or mildew. And rule number three for taking care of a broom is don't use it in a lit fireplace. That'll hurt them quick. Without a doubt, good advice. Images of Sean and his work can be found on the Facebook pages of both Ozark Highlands Radio and the Ozark Folk Center. Thanks, Charlie. Let's listen to some more world-class spoon playing from Abby the Spoon Lady. Abby first started street performing and busking as a means to make money traveling across the United States, primarily hopping freight trains. She taught herself to play the spoons and traveled all over the United States by hitchhiking and railroad. She says that one day she took the wrong train and wound up in Asheville, North Carolina, where she now lives. Today she hosts storytelling events where she discusses the lifestyle of the American hobo. Abby is an advocate for street performance and free speech. In 2014, she was instrumental in developing a group called the Asheville Buskers Collective, which advocates for street performance within the city of Asheville, North Carolina. Today, she records buskers through a project called Busker Broadcast and records interviews and songs of travelers passing through Asheville.
Having a viral video is something that definitely um, affects you very intensely. Right? Yeah. <laughs> very intensely. Good and bad. Yeah, both good and bad. Right? Oh, you lose your it was It was too much, yeah, at yeah, once for a while. And um, I think I felt like my, my brain was stuttering a little bit. And, and it's funny because when you talk to other musicians and you talk about how overwhelming it feels, they, they look at you and give you this eye-rolling look, you know, like, oh, I'm so sorry, your diamonds are so heavy. But the truth is, is that, that it, they are pretty heavy. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, you sort of lose, you lose a lot of privacy. Yeah. I mean, when something like that video goes bonkers and this is what you do for a living, you've got to grab the horse by the reins. You've got yeah, to ride it. definitely, definitely. Might ride, ride on down beside you if you don't grab it, never come back. <laughs> yeah, you it's see true. one of your friends riding the horse, and you're like, I should have caught that horse while it was riding on by. <laughs> Thank you.
I'm Chris Rodriguez from Asheville, North Carolina, and that's Abby the Spoon Lady from Kansas. God bless you, folks. You've been listening to Abby the Spoon Lady and musician Chris Rodriguez. We heard an original song of Chris's called Angel in Heaven and a traditional gospel song, Working on a Building. Thanks for listening to this week's show. I encourage you to search the web for the performers we featured this week. Hillary Klug, that's K-L-U-G, and Abby the Spoon Lady. After all, it was the internet that made them famous. For all of us here at Ozark Highlands Radio, this is Dave Smith. I'll see you next week. Ozark Highlands Radio is produced by Jeff Glover. Executive producer is Darren Dorton. Additional support for this program comes from Arkansas State Parks, a division of the Arkansas Department of Parks, Heritage, and Tourism, with 52 unique reasons to visit the natural state. On the web at ArkansasStateParks.com. The Committee of 100 proudly supporting the Ozark Folk Center State Park since 1974 and by Stone Bank with roots in Mountain View, Arkansas. Stone Bank is a proud supporter of heritage musicians and small towns across America with government-guaranteed loans for farmers, entrepreneurs, and communities. More information available at StoneBank.com. For information on upcoming shows and events, we are on the web at OzarkHighlandsRadio.com. Until next time, I'm Donna Farrar.